Markets closing out strong. We got a big gain day two here as bulls are making a stand after yesterday's inflation print. Tomorrow morning, we're kicking things off with retail sales, consumer sentiments, and manufacturing data too. Let's talk about what to look for. Phil Palumbo is joining us, CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Palumbo Wealth Management. Uh, Phil, good to have you here on the afternoon show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So tomorrow we're going to get an update on the American consumer. Should we have confidence? Do we still have a bunch of money floating around that everybody needs to spend? I do think there is money floating around that some people have to spend. But I do think consumers are taking a hit with the rising cost of food and the rising cost of energy. Both of them, I think, is hitting consumers anywhere from one to $2,000 more per month just on, just on discretionary spending. So I do think maybe not this print coming up tomorrow, but thereafter I think it's going to be problematic. So where do we see the pressure coming from? I mean, it seems like people's credit is intact. Uh, we saw last year they were able to take some of their savings, pay down some debt. But we also know that student loans are about to kick back into gear. So what do you see as being the drag primarily on the consumer? The drag on the consumer primarily, I just think, is, is just day-to-day -day spending. I mean, like I said, the, the price of food increases, the, the price of energy going up. Overall, is hitting the pockets of consumers, and I just think it's going to affect uh, just daily spending that we're seeing. It could be, you know, in terms of retail spending, with the holidays around the corner, we could see some depression there in terms of deceleration of, of overall costs. So that's where I see it mainly. So inflation yesterday coming in uh, roughly in line, a little bit warm on the month over month. What do you think of the number, Phil? But the number in terms of the rise in food cost, energy cost, and shelter cost is a problem. I mean, you know, we talked about this consistently as a firm, and we think about what the Federal Reserve said it was transitory, you know, seven, eight, nine months ago, and it turns out it's not going to be transitory in our view, and it's going to be problematic for the consumer. If you think about GDP, gross domestic product for our country, 70% of that number is consumer spending. And when you have the increase in food prices, energy costs, and shelter costs that we're seeing, which we haven't seen in multiple years, that's going to be a problem overall for the economy. Phil, some are saying you can do an inflation print X food, energy, and housing. Did you hear that one? That's the newest one, some are arguing. Should we take these people seriously? No. I mean, I just think that, you know, I've been hearing that for a long time. I, I think it's, in the end, we all know that when we think about our daily bills, our monthly bills, you know, food costs, shelter costs, energy costs are, a big, are all a big part of that. So right now, how do you play that in the market? I mean, do you just buy inflation-protected securities? Do you uh, fade the overall market, get short? What's the strategy here if you think the consumer is about to get dragged by inflation? So Oliver, we're in a camp that we really believe that we're in a bubble right now based on valuations. All, all, the, right. money that, all the money that's been put into Let it rip, Phil, let it rip. All the money that's been put into the economy you know, has driven up asset prices, risk assets, the speculation in Bitcoin, NFTs, risky parts of the market. We're smart enough to know that over doing this over 20 years, that we have no idea when it's gonna burst. And we never try to play that game. It's not different this time? In terms of? Stimulus seems to just always keep flowing, Phil. Every time we try and short this market, the Fed just pumps more right back in, or White House. 
Uh, well, history doesn't re- history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And, and you know, eventually we're going to look back and say, "Gosh, you know, this is right in front of our face." And I really do generally believe that. But again, we don't try to time that. We don't try to figure out when it's going to burst. We think that's a, a silly game to play. We really believe that you need to be more balanced today than ever, but properly balanced. Number one, number two. In terms of risk assets that you have in your portfolio, you really have to take a look at them and take risk off the table and rebalance into conservative more investments within within your portfolio, which are two things I think you can do to help manage where we are today. Okay, so walk me through where you see that opportunity because I know there's some bears out there. They've tried. Heck, I've tried. I got my face ripped off in April. Another fake out. So how do you do that without having to have some inherent timing? Because if you're using options, then you've got to have timing. If you are short the market, you're going to get ground up until that day comes. I'm not saying to do either one of those. All I'm saying to you and others is if you have stocks in your portfolio, for example, let's say you're supposed to have half your money in stocks and now it's 60 or 65% in stocks because of the performance over the past two years, we'll take the 65% down to 50%. If markets continue to run up here, as sometimes bubbles can burst later than you think, you still get the upside, but if bubbles burst, you'll be diversified and balanced properly to protect yourself on the downside. That's the clear thing that we're trying to say. To try to short the market, use options and things like that are a very risky business. It's a form of market timing and we just don't believe that. Anybody can do that consistently over time. Okay, so the solution that you propose is take down the weighting that has built up if you've been long stock. So approaching it from an allocation perspective, does the money then go to cash? Does it go into bonds? Where is the golden goose then if uh, we're going to have an overall kind of market slowdown? So the way we actually rebalance clients' portfolios is we use other asset classes such as gold, commodities, intermediate-term treasuries, long-term treasuries, and tips, and Mm. cash right now. So we take that risk off and we rebalance it amongst those other asset classes within a portfolio to stay fully invested all the time. When you stay fully invested all the time, you don't need to worry about day-to-day, week-to-week, week-to-week movements in markets. When it's a dislocation in an asset class, in other words, equities are overvalued, take back risk and rebalance it amongst the other parts of the portfolio that may not be doing as well. What about the gold roll here? That one's been the worst over the last seven months. Are we ever going to get gold back to the 2000 area? Well, historically, gold has accelerated when inflation has accelerated. That really hasn't worked that well this time around, mainly because rates have been going up and there's that inverse correlation, even with exactly. the dollar. So our belief is gold has been a great hedge during market declines. We studied that going back since 1968. Since 1968, when inflation accelerates, gold typically does shine as a better performing asset class, which is not working the past 12 months. However, again, we stay disciplined to our approach. We believe in in being exposed to the four asset classes, stay balanced, stay fully diversified, again, and rebalance when there's dislocations. If gold's not working, because rates are going up, Phil, I'm looking at a chart of Bitcoin right now that looks exactly like the 10-year. It's been blowing my mind. It's crazy. The two have been moving in lockstep for a whole year. Is Bitcoin replacing? Do you talk with clients about working that in? We're not believers in Bitcoin at this moment. We try to study, we try to wrap our arms around it. We get how well it's done and we get how other major hedge fund managers and money managers are getting on board. And we're trying to get on board as well. The thing with us and the type of clientele that we work with, speculation, that's something we're trying to do. 
Bitcoin, in our view, with a stroke of a pen, could be gone tomorrow at any central bank or government around the world. And because of that, that's pure speculation. But with speculation, you can make a lot of money, too, and we get that. You know, Bitcoin could go to 100000 200000 as some people are forecasting. And so we're, at the moment, as a firm, we're looking at it closely, but we're very concerned about the speculation that it poses. Okay. Hey, Phil, uh, thanks for sticking with us. I'm taking in the bell. I got one more quick one for you. Just overall, when you dial back from equities in the allocation model, can you give me an idea what type of uh, uh, level makes sense right now for the average client? In terms of allocation towards equities? Yes, sir. Yeah, I like moderate here. Moderate to conservative is where it was prior to 12 months ago, 18 months ago. But now I like more uh, on the moderate side, reducing some of the bond risk if rates go up. So I'm more in the moderate class more than anything else right now. All right, uh, Phil, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking us into the bell. Hey, thank you. Absolutely. Phil Palumbo is the chief executive officer, chief investment officer, too, at Palumbo Wealth Management with the cautionary tone on stocks, outright bubble. I like the language. It's clear and concise. Don't be afraid to use the B word if you think that's what it is, bubble.